This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it is the 14th of December 2023. And do you know what, Sean? We need to get back into the emails. Hey! You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Wow, what a couple of episodes we have had uh, with the holiday gift guide. Wow, wow, wow. Thank wow, you to wow, everybody. Wow. Yeah, honestly, listen, thank you so much to each and every one of you for just helping Dumbass. us with that show. Because honestly, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have had two shows. <laughs> I was no, amazed was we even excellent. got one. I was honestly, I, I was not expecting to get that many messages and yeah. that many gifts in the list. So honestly, so, so pleased about that. So yeah, go check them out if you haven't already. We will be replaying those episodes for you in the lead up because I know lots of you uh, want the chance to to catch up. A lot of people can't get onto the website for various reasons. You know, some people find it difficult to get online. I totally get that. And that's why we thought we would do it this way so that everyone can benefit from the gift guide. Uh, wherever you're listening, however you are listening. Um, before we get into things, I kind of want to mention Monday because we didn't really get a chance to talk about Monday, <laughs> which, you know, I've been getting emails from people saying, what is wrong with the podcast? There's no Monday shows. What, what happened to Monday? Um, so we had a little bit of a, an issue on Friday, which kind of meant our recording schedule got knocked a little bit. Uh, everything's fine. We're both fine. I did put a message up on, on Mastodon and Twitter, but I know lots of people don't follow us there or, or can get us there. But no, everything is me. fine. And we're okay, aren't we? Everything's good. I think people... We're okay. I, I did see the- a message saying, have you two fallen yeah. out or had, had a quarrel? <laughs> no, 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 it was fine. It was all on me. I had something I had to go and deal with urgently. And um, yes, it, so I apologise. But we're back and we're fine. Exactly. All is fine. And we didn't fall out, did we? We didn't fall out No, we didn't fall out. And if we did, we'd do it on air. I'm not going to miss that content. It'd be beautiful. That's true. That's right. Grab a <laughs> microphone, quick. We're going to argue with each other. Uh, but no, everything's absolutely fine. So uh, we're back and that's the main thing. Uh, but of course, it does mean we have got a lot of these. A lot of emails. We get emails. We get your emails every day. Every day, Sean Priest. Wait. Here's your mail today. Hang on. Hold the phone. We had two beautiful holiday gift guide episodes there where the Christmas festive feel was cranked up to 11. Yes. Where's the jingle bells on our jingles, Stephen Scott? Um, is, is that the holiday season over, is it, apparently? The, the, but let's just say we got a lot of stuff done for the Christmas gift guide episode. <laughs> Didn't really get any further than that, to be honest. The time kind of ran away a little bit. Okay. You never know. Maybe next week. All right. Just imagine jingle bells under the emails. Thank you. Well, what you could do is you could go into the episode after we've recorded and you could oh, add bells yeah, in, oh, you see. No, well, I think we don't need... I think you can overdo it. The co- over yeah, commercialization, yeah, 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 yeah. etc. Exactly. That's right. Commercialization of Christmas. <laughs> Especially on this show, we've done two episodes of it buying stuff. Oh, yeah. Shh. Let's quickly move on. Emails. Uh, yeah, let's get into those. And we're going to kick off with an email from Janine, who got in touch regarding our interview with Matthew Alcock. That does not seem uh, like uh, a recent show at all. No. It feels like we've done that show a while ago. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, what, last Saturday, I think it was, or maybe even the weekend before, actually, before. now I think about it. Uh, so yeah, this is Janine's response to that. Laura, of course, is here to read our emails. Oh, double tap. What an amazing interview and discussion with Matthew Alcock. 
All I can say is, been there, had that happen, and I'm in complete support of Matthew. I also agree that influencers have a responsibility to disclose how what they are doing is achieved, either through usable vision or other skills. It's not just about gaming either. I've talked with employers who say, I saw this video where a blind person was using Final Cut and they could do it. Why are you saying it's not accessible? Thank goodness it wasn't my employer, but still, turns out the video they watched featured someone using a screen reader, but also using their vision and screen enlargement, plus the mouse to get the task done. I know all that comes with its own issues. I've had partial vision until the age of 22 or so, and for my first 18 years, really tried to pass as sighted, though everyone knew I wasn't. I've also been set upon by the blind community for this or that over the years. I've been involved with consumer organisations serving guide dog handlers that went completely sideways and I reacted with a post or two that really should not have been sent, but alas. Conversely, I found myself being hypocritical of people whose blindness messages don't match my reality. Boy, does that one come back to bite you. Back to Matthew's point, though, about how we really need to take more time in explaining how we do what we do. I'm starting to identify as someone who is screen reader reliant in demos rather than classifying my blindness. If it's important for the demo to feature the visual aspects of something, it's time for a co-host. Same thing if I'm talking mobility. I'm a guide dog handler. Your mileage may vary. Even then, though, someone will find fault in what you say and how you say it. Yes, it's indicative of their own insecurity and inability to just let things pass that don't directly affect them, but it still hurts. It's been my experience that people treat others the way they have been treated unless they have some epiphany or find something to model other behaviour. Thanks too for talking about the tough topic of suicide and blindness. Let's face it, as someone who went down a similar road to Matthew as my vision went, losing your sight is hard. Sometimes it's physically painful. Luckily, there are some great support groups out there. I think COVID and the move toward online meetings of such has really helped make them more available and approachable. No camera on, no expectations or tension, just getting to the group via public transport, etc. All that to say, keep doing these types of interviews. And yes, I too prefer person-first language. Sorry, but I learned to use it way before it became a politically correct cliche. Janine, hashtag talk about mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Janine, couldn't agree more. Thank you for the message. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad we had that conversation with Matthew. For those who don't remember, of course, Matthew was talking about the issue of content creators and people who are gamers saying that they are blind or identifying as blind in that role when, in fact, they have useful vision to play the game. And not in any way to criticise that person for deciding to identify that way. That's not the issue. The issue is that the public just are so confused by visual impairment and they don't understand it, you know, in any way, really. And so when someone says they're blind, it's kind of black blind. That's what you think. There's nothing. You can see nothing at all. And that's not always the case, right? And we know that. We know that. But the the public don't know that. So if you use the word blind, it can confuse the issue. And that was the, the thrust of the conversation. Um. But it is, it's a very difficult one. And, you know, we, we, it's, it's, we are very considerate as a community, I think, on the whole, because we know what it's like. We understand the nuance. There are some in our community who will always, like, like any group of people, right, there's always someone who will, you know, take to task some issue or not be happy about something. And, of course, we have to remember where they're at as well, right? They can be in a bad place, and it's important to recognize that. Absolutely. But, but I do take on that point about the final cut thing on, on the Apple movie editing program because that's why I've been really resistant to talk about those pieces of software because more often than not when I was using them even a couple of years ago 
I was using them with vision. I was magnifying in and I was trying to do it. So I can't talk about it from a completely blind perspective. And I wouldn't want to because I'm not up on it enough. And I feel now I just can't really use it in the same way at all. That's why I love QuickTime. <laughs> so yes. simple. No, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just being honest, right? If, if, if you're, if someone perceives that you're using something in a certain way, but in fact you're using it in a different way, that is a problem. Um, and it's just about getting that across. Because if I'm looking at a video and I'm seeing, you know, or someone is showing me, hey, I can do this and I'm blind, then I'm, I'm assuming screen reader. Yeah. I'm, assume, I'm assuming no use of vision whatsoever. But if it's a case of, well, actually, I'm using a magnifier. And I'm using mouse with, you know, my screen reader. So I know when my mouse is over a certain button because the screen reader will read out what my mouse is over. That's a different experience. And that would mean that actually I can't do that. It's not the same. Uh, so it is important. So I, I, it was it was funny. We recorded that interview a while back, didn't we? And we were sort of, we weren't sure where to place it because you know we, we do have these conversations obviously we do but at the same time it was a long conversation but we knew how important it was and it was such a great um well it was a great interview yeah and some of those topics brought up you know the mental health it's something that we don't talk about enough no we don't talk about it nearly enough i mean yeah i know we kind of positioned it as well about you know, us guys not talking enough about it. But I think this as a subject overall is something that is not discussed enough. There's, I remember someone saying to me years ago, you know, the thing about blindness is it doesn't kill you. So people mm. look at it slightly differently to other things, right? So, you know, you, the way you might think about cancer, for example. And I, I, I hate when people do that because it's like, you know, such a false equivalency, right? There's no, you, you can't put the no, two together. Not. No one's going to no, say no. cancer's like blindness, right? It's just nonsense. But if you're, if you're basically saying that the only reason you can look at it negatively is if it kills you, that's not a great standard to set. There's lots of things in life that don't kill you. It doesn't make them enjoyable. Um, doesn't make them good. Doesn't make them fun. Doesn't make them <laughs> joy. Doesn't necessarily make you stronger either. Um, no. It, and, it can, yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I think it can actually kill you because I think people can go on and take their own lives. And I think if that happens... And it, it, we know it happens. It happens a lot, probably more than we realise. In fact, there, there's no stats on this to, to, that I know of. But, you know, just anecdotally, the stories I've heard over the years. Well, and for, no one talks about it. No one talks about it. As if it's this big taboo. Oh, we can't, can't talk about that. Because the idea is that, oh, well, you know, blindness, you'll get better. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be wonderful. But I think the problem is if you don't have the conversation, if you don't do what we do, which is acknowledge the problem, and I know there's people listening to this show who listen to us just to have this conversation because I know it makes them feel better in their day, knowing that they're not alone, sitting there yeah. thinking, I have this feeling, I don't like it, and I don't want anyone to be taking their life. So I would much rather have this conversation once a show to stop that happening, just to say to people, look, here's the reality. This is what we live in. What you're facing, what you're feeling is nothing unusual, I promise you. And I'm not saying it's going to get better either. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to get better. It, it'll, it'll be challenging. It'll be difficult. You'll learn to live with it. It, it is very akin to grief. So it akin is. to grief in the same way. And we all deal with grief differently. And sometimes it bubbles up in moments. Sometimes it, 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 you completely forget about it. Then it just comes back in a, a second. We were out at the weekend. And uh, my wife and I had gone to, to Edinburgh for a nice weekend away. It was lovely. 
and we were having a walk. And it was the first time we'd been out together, having quite a long walk around through shops and stuff, and, you know, kind of together doing that. Hadn't had a chance to do it much at all. And we're out in the shops, and it's, it's not the first time it's happened, but it was the first really direct and fairly aggressive time it happened where someone actually came up to us and said, you shouldn't even be out. I mean, hmm. I don't even understand the point of what, what we shouldn't be out, we shouldn't be alive, we shouldn't be here. How do you react to something like that, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't react. I just kind of just walked away because I, 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 don't, I didn't want to react. I got more annoyed later because it, it sits and it percolates in your mind and you start going of over course. it. Of course, yeah. But you know, I thought, how dare you? You know, that's, if that's the kind of level where we're at, you know, public are generally great and there's no denial of that. But there are those people who will just say things like that. And again, these are things that happen to a lot of people. And again, no one talks about it because we must, we must talk about how wonderful disability is and how wonderful being blind is. And let's, you know, no, no, don't be negative. And, you know, I, I had people tell me that over the years. Oh, no, no, they, don't want to get negative because, you know, negative. Well, I'm sorry, but life is difficult sometimes. It is challenging. It's not easy. And it's very challenging with a disability. And it's, it's not made worse by other people, although they don't always help, but it's not really made worse by other people. It's the condition itself that causes the problem. I'm sick of people telling me all the time it's society's fault for everything. It's not society's fault that I'm blind. It's not their it's not fault. Their, yeah, but it's not their fault. I totally get that. But I would say, and um, I said this about International Persons with Disability Day. I still struggle to say that title. Um, a lot of the, the main issues I've had whilst losing my sight are all, not all, but mainly to do with social interactions. It's always that that's caused me the most anxiety and tension. Exactly that experience you had there, that the way that people react to you, are, uh, everything, the actual physical disability, I can work around. Right? I, I, okay, it, it, it's, it's frustrating, it's annoying, but I can work around. The biggest issue that I had, and a lot of people with RP, I'm sure, would um, relate to this, is the social interactions. That's really caused me stress and anxiety mm. because you don't know how people... Now, some of that is on me myself, as Janine said there about, you know, hey, I'm, uh, there's nothing wrong with me. You're playing that, wearing the mask of a sighted person whilst not actually being able to function as a sighted person causes a lot of stress. But also you do get people that react negatively and say things like you shouldn't be out or, you know, yeah. I always remember the 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 nurse when we was at hospital one time during an eye visit uh, you shouldn't have children you know how do you cope having children you shouldn't have children i mean that's a disgusting thing to say to anyone yeah. someone um, said that to us once they said it's a good job you don't have kids isn't it because i mean it wouldn't be much of a life for them ah uh, yeah i mean isn't that, that blows my mind but that for me i look uh, uh, this whole society model and and what versus whatever else i i, I get what you're saying but there's no denying that the social awkwardness that sometimes comes with disability <laughs> is a major issue and can lead to most of the mental health problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a mix of both for me. You know, I, I get that. Of course, I, it I is. do. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, society does have a role to play. I think that I think look, the simple thing society could do is just leave us alone. I mean, that's honest to God the truth. I mean, just leave us alone. You know, absolutely. If you want to ask us, you know, if, if we're okay crossing a road, that's fine. I'm not a walking medical book, so you don't need to continually ask me every question and feel that if I don't answer you, that I've somehow done bad to you. 
Yeah. Well, what's well, wrong we're with not you? representing correctly. Yes. No, absolutely. At the same time, I was out the other day walking the dog and someone was walking towards me and they just stopped in front of me. And I said, hello, you all right? You know, morning, usual things. Yeah. Nothing. Said nothing. Now, I know for sure, 100% there was someone stood in front of me, but simply didn't talk. Now, I don't know if that was because, you know, they were frozen by, I don't know what to say. <laughs> You're disabled. I'm confused. Oh, my God. Right. So we, we go into a restaurant on the Friday night, and that's exactly what happens to us. Now, there's yep. literally no one in this restaurant. You could, you could actually... Uh, I knew that because the tumbleweed brushed past me when we went in. <laughs> and it was like before lunch, it was before dinner time, right? So it wasn't like a busy time. We kind of knew that we were early. And the hotel was inside the restaurant. So we'd gone in and it was as if, I actually, I said to my wife at one point, you know, I wonder if I should ask them where I should park my spaceship that we've just landed in. Because that's how I felt. I felt like we were just two aliens that had walked in from planet Zog that had wandered <laughs> in and said, hey, could we have a table for two, please? And they were just completely blown by what on earth is going on. And they didn't know how to respond. They had no idea what to do. And they're, they're like, um, so I'll get the menu. Oh, you want menus? Um, oh, table. Oh, which table? I'm like, there's a million tables. Can we sit here? Literally a table where I'm standing. Can I sit here? No, no, no. Um, and have you booked? And I'm like, I'm like, yes, there's nobody here. We're full, yeah. probably. What is wrong with you? So eventually they sat down and, they, and that thing when they walk up to the table and they're like, hi, as if, you know, don't touch them, I'll catch it. Yeah. Oh, that, my that, God. That was, that was definitely, it's, it's like in the, the horror films when someone walks into a local pub and it goes, <laughs> shoom, it's totally silent. It's like, oh, yep. okay, it's going to be one of the, But it makes a huge difference, right, to, uh, like, let's say, a trip out. I've always got that anxiety. Okay, what are we going to run into today? Mm, yeah. Not physically, but you know, well, that's who, well. are we, who are we going to interact with? Of course you have that, but we can deal with that. Yeah, yeah, we can actually, yeah. you know, uh, since I've lost all my usable vision, Sarah lost hers a good few years ago. So I was always sort of the one guiding. But now it's a case of, you know what? We're both out here. We're both using our sticks. And we, we try to have fun with it. I know that sounds strange, but we do, okay? We, we just get on with it and it's fine, but you never know. You just need someone to say something or a taxi driver that doesn't talk to you or drops you off somewhere, which is completely not where you said you were or he told you you were. Mm. One of those, and your day is gone. Your, your day is ruined because you just, it, it takes you straight back to that low place again. And um, the, as I said, that's the thing I find most um, frustrating about this whole situation. Janine, uh, thank you for the email. Lena also chimes in on this because uh, she also wanted to comment on this interview. Hello, Double Tappers. For me, the December 2nd show was thought-provoking, instructive and inspiring. Inspiring because of the courage the three of you showed in giving words to thoughts and experiences that many of us have had but feel uncomfortable or unable to express. Instructive because we are reminded of the wide spectrum of visual acuities and the incredibly varied access needs that go along with each of them. And thought-provoking because we in the legally blind community are sometimes as confused as the sighted community about what terms mean. Consider this. In the United States, all 50 of them, some persons who meet the definitions of legal blindness are permitted to drive without restriction. Is it any wonder, then, that sighted people kindly asks me, a white cane using can't leave home without it, can't possibly make eye contact person, where I parked my car? 
The definitions are confusing, but I think Matthew's point has applications beyond gaming. He was asking people for clarity. As a person with no usable vision, it is disappointing when a content creator or app reviewer implies that a game or app is playable or usable by a blind person when it requires some degree of vision. Would the people screaming at Matthew tell a wheelchair user that a museum is accessible if both entrances require climbing a steep flight of 12 stairs to get in or out of the building? Probably not, but they will say that a blind person can play a game even though some vision is required. I believe that language is important. How a person identifies is and should always be their choice, but as presenters or teachers we have a responsibility to our audience to be clear and precise about requirements. Speaking of language... I hear the term superblind used frequently. I do not think there is such a person. Blind people have a wide range of talents and passions just like every other group. Blind people work hard to do what they love or want to do. That does not make them super. It makes them hardworking and accomplished. Thanks for tackling the hard topics and keep these great shows coming. Lena. Well, on the superblind point, Lena, what I will say is I do love to throw that around sometimes. I am one for chucking it around. I actually do have a huge amount of respect for people who do certain things, especially when it comes to Braille. I often find this is the one area where I do think there's a bit of a super blind. And I don't mean that in the sense of someone's more, um, more was, it's not about that they've got super skills. No. It's that they just have an ability and a learning that is beyond me. And I just find that incredible. In the same way I think about, you know, a blind scientist or a blind lawyer or a blind, you know, or, or, or even a lawyer or a scientist, take the blindness out of it. You know, <laughs> just, just incredible people who just do great things. So I, I kind of, I kind of say it tongue in cheek, but I actually do mean it with a lot of love and respect to people who, who can do these things. Because honestly, you know, there, there are people amongst us who just are great achievers. And I think we should recognize that. That's kind of where yeah. that term comes from for and me. Even taking the step of doing something I mean, super blind can mean so much to so many different people. I mean, it, it took me so long just to start using a long cane. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for some people who are still back in those days of, I don't want to use a cane, you know, th th just using it every day may be, oh, that's, you're super blind. And we just yeah, take that's it true. to the. That's so true. We take it to the next step. Oh, you can do this on your own. You're super blind. So I must admit, I am catching myself uh, using that term now, and I tend to stop it. I did meet someone on our recent trip to London. I met someone at the tram station in uh, Manchester, Piccadilly, and actually he said to me, oh, is that another cane I've just banged into? And of course, <laughs> what's the odds on that? But um, uh, he, I, I asked him, oh, do you have assistance? Because I had passenger assistance with me. He said, oh, no, I do this trip regularly so i don't need it and i knew i just stopped myself oh you're super blind mm. i stopped myself from saying it because i thought why am i actually saying that and i it just didn't for some reason it, it stuck in my throat that time um so because i, I think being sometimes more careful it, it can it. come from a place of jealousy from our perspectives right so yes and I, an I, I absolutely point. i absolutely feel that sometimes i think when i've sometimes used that word that is how i felt I, i've been jealous of someone's ability to do something I just cannot seem to be able to achieve, or at least, in, you know, I think about Braille as a good example of this, because as much as I can learn Braille and, I, and I'm doing well with it and I'm enjoying it and all the rest of it, I am never going to be at the stage of someone who is able to do the things that they do with Braille, who've been learning it from a young age, you know, someone in yes. their 50s or 60s who's, who'd had it their whole lives. And so I just, I think sometimes I feel and maybe wrongly, but I sometimes do feel there's a lot of, um, well, you should just, you know, 
to do better, you know, and just, you know, learn more and do more. And it's like, you know, yeah. it's hard to do that sometimes. I'm not making excuses. I'm really not. But it generally is, you know, you've got, you know, my case, we've, we're, we're putting out six shows a week. We've got, you know, TV every week. We've got this on, that on. There's a lot of stuff going on, family life, everything else that goes on around it. I don't just sit in a, an, in a corner all day, you know, just doing nothing. We've got lots of things to do. So the idea of adding more and more on to already a very, you know, energy sapping world that I live in. Um, yep. And to be fair, it doesn't take much. I mean, we know this, you know, we know the, the impact. I mean, I, I just find it even from a visual perspective, the vision that's left for me has just become, it's, it's even less than useless. It's, it's irritating. Because, you know, I find that when I'm out, out the other day, the amount of light that just flashes around, there are times there are things that appear in front of me that are not there. Uh, I, opened, yes. I, opened the, I opened my bedroom door the other day, came out into the hallway, and there was someone standing in the hall. And they were there for two seconds and vanished. And that freaked me out. Um, yep. but, but weirdly, it didn't. Because I kind of know that's how my vision works. If the person had started talking to me, then yes. I would have freaked out, right? Because then I would know they were real. But that's what I mean. It's like, but you can kind of, it, it's those little things, but all that if, as part of your day, it takes so much away from you. It takes so much energy away from you. And you don't realize it. You actually don't. And if I was in my 20s, I wouldn't even notice. But I didn't go through that in my 20s. I'm going through that in my 40s. And there is a difference. So, you know, you, you think, well, you know, with that, you know, I, I kind of leave the house with my bucket full of, uh, sight or energy or whatever you want <laughs> and then i'll come home at the end of the night and i think goodness me there must be a hole in that bucket because there's nothing left i'm exhausted yeah, yeah. no absolutely uh, okay let's move Ooh. on because uh, there's a lots to talk about and i know we could discuss this topic all day but i, I want to get back to um to the tech because there's a tech show honest and i thought we'd bring this in so Annex has got in touch because you might remember there was an email that came in uh, regarding questions on the Apple Watch. This is a value. What is the value of the Apple Watch? Well, Nexus wants to chime in on this. Hi, everybody. So I'm um, messaging today to basically talk about the uh, Braille uh, watch, the talking watch, and the Apple Watch. This regards the listener who asked if uh, they could be sold on the Apple Watch. Um, now, I don't know if I can do that for you, but what I can do is give you my experience from a couple of years ago unfortunately not very new i'm sure there probably have been updates to uh the braille watch and talking watch probably a, a different uh different things that they can do now but if we're talking strictly about old-fashioned talking watches and, and, and braille watches from like a few years ago i think i can give you an idea uh right now right now i do have an apple watch i have an apple watch series three which unfortunately doesn't receive any more updates, but I'm hoping to eventually uh, change. So I received, I've gotten, I got a few iterations of a talking uh, watch uh, because I got like the, I got the one that you put on your wrist, but I also got a, a smaller one that looks more like a clock uh, when I was younger. And I also got an actual clock that was always on my desk when I was a teenager. Um, thankfully I didn't buy these. <laughs> that's my thought i didn't buy these so um now i'm gonna start from here because this is like the earliest memory i had of like a um a watch it was like the, the, it was a talking watch i remember specifically i got it between I, I think it was seven or eight i was like seven or eight and i remember having a lot of fun because 
at first it was a Spanish talking watch and then it was an English one as I uh, grew to learn the language. Um, so that was that was interesting. I remember finding it really fun. It was great to have something that talked, that told you the time. However, it would not be uncommon to have the watch basically uh, go off every hour. And if you wanted to know the time and you were in class, it's, it, it, it kind of like interrupts things and it is very loud. Now, yes, the talking watch talks. And at least for me, uh, the haptic time works sometimes, but not other times. But it is quieter than that talking watch. That talking watch was very loud. Every iteration of that watch was very loud. Um, I could also set the alarms, which was great, which uh, the alarms basically uh, was like a rooster call. So that was kind of interesting. So that was kind of my experience with it. I, I didn't like that. Um, I Looking back, I don't like that it was very loud like that. And it was kind of like, it was a dead giveaway if uh, because I was the only person with that watch. So um, so that was that. Um, now let's go on to the Braille watch, the, the classic Braille watch that um, uh, you mentioned, Sean, which I did have uh, between the ages of 12 and 14. And I have my opinions on that watch. <laughs> so basically for this watch you just uh you have to like flip open the case and then the the braille dots are there now the one thing i will say is i don't really consider these braille dots very much just because yes you can feel them but i wouldn't say that they are braille dots um i say they're just raised dots mm -hmm. and the way it's set up it is times from 12 through 9 and there is very little differentiation between the the times and in the middle you have like of course the minute and our hand. Um, so the way that that you kind you kind of needed to know was uh, that the important things to know about this old fashioned style braille watch is that times three, six, and nine each had two dots. Twelve had three dots, which is the only thing that kind of differentiated it, and then everything else had one dot. So you had to go, or at least I had to go from twelve and start counting from twelve in order to kind of. Uh, figure out the time. Um, the problem is that the time wasn't always accurate because just like with the hour, you know, the minute hand also moves within those times and it is, it kind of counts like by five. So, um, um, so one would be five, two, 10, three, 15, and so on. So the problem ended up being that sometimes the time wasn't very accurate. Like when I was starting to practice using this watch, my mom would like put in, put the time in for me and it's like, okay, uh, tell me the time and it would be let's say it would say something like six o'clock but and I would tell, I would tell her six o'clock and she's like no it's 9 57 or like 9 58 or I'm sorry 5 58 57 and I'm like but it says six o'clock so the time is difficult to tell the time in that watch because it's not as accurate as I think other other devices would be when it comes to that well, Alexis, I know you go on and talk a lot more about that, and we're going to put that onto our website so people can listen to that in full and, and actually get some other comments on Apple Watch as well. But the, the whole thing here is, you know, to just to open up this conversation, which I think is brilliant, about the different types of watches, because, you know, it, it started off with a sell me on the Apple Watch, but it's actually brought a, a lot of interesting chat around different types of watches that are out there, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good point because I keep calling it the Braille watch as well. And it isn't Braille. Absolutely no. correct there. It is a tactile watch should be the correct name. And um, yeah, if you need to know exactly 
and accurately what the time is. I mean, I'm quite happy with the quarter twos, quarter past, half past. You know, that's, that's usually enough. how yeah. I go. Yeah, close <laughs> enough for me. But you're absolutely right. If it's, you know, 57 or 46 or something, you're not going to get that from a tactile watch. And that could be important for some people. So there are choices to be made there. And um, yeah, going back to the basic talking watches, I must admit, I haven't had one in years and years. So my experience is exactly what Anexis was saying there about you know the early days where it was just one set volume, incredibly loud and just mm. a little bit intrusive, to be honest, but great for the, the you know, for the times, I said, well, the times, great for hey, the time when, when we had them available. But um, <laughs> for me, I'm still loving Loving this, the Apple Watch, I must say. Have you made a decision yet, Stephen? Is yours going back? It probably won't go back. I think I'll always hang on to it. I mean, it, it, whether I'll buy another one or not is the question. That That is the truth. I mean, I, I say that, mind you, of course, if, it, if it's an option between, you know, an M4, a MacBook Pro, and, you know, an Apple Watch, then, you know, I might, I might do my trading. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I think I think I need to figure out some of the issues with the, the Apple Watch that I've been having. There are a few issues. We're going to come back to that in just a moment, actually, because there's oh. some of people I'm getting in touch on that. On the other side of this as well, we're also going to hear from Greg Hayes, regular friend of the show. Uh, he's going to chime in on his thoughts, chime in on his thoughts on the it. Apple Watch as well. That on the way. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hello, Double Tappers. This is Craig from Phoenix. And I wanted to wish a belated happy birthday to Stephen and to Sean's Aww. lovely partner, Sarah. Thank you, Greg. Sean, you got to get Sarah into your shed and on the podcast one of these days. Oof. Uh, she's a blast and would be fun on the show. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to... Uh, respond about the viewers or listener, I guess, uh, questions about the Apple Watch. I remember about a year or so ago when Stephen got his new Ultra, he was saying it was going to, this was the perfect tool for a blind person. Mm. Um, and it seems like that is uh, not so much <laughs> the case for you anymore, Stephen. So I'd <laughs> like to understand what happened but okay. just a couple things a couple features that i thought i'd bring up um that i find useful one is if you have a mac um it's great when you have the watch because you can get logged into your mac without ever having to type a password uh it's also helpful on your iphone if you're like me not always able to perfectly align your face when you're trying to do face id if you have it set up and you have your watch, it will help you uh, to get logged in with Face ID without having to go and uh, type in your password. Um, another thing that I use it for all the time is Siri. I know you all love to make fun of Siri, and I don't blame you in some cases. <laughs> Siri's not always the smartest girl out there, but um, we did a show that I... Uh, I joined Stephen uh, also about a year ago um, to talk about what Siri is good yes. for. Uh, in my case, I use it all the time uh, when I'm going around the house to t 
turn on lights or change the temperature or open the shades or whatever like that um, in HomeKit. Uh, also, Siri, well, maybe not, uh, certainly not as smart as ChatGPT. Um, she still t- can do a lot of things, uh, you know, do timers, check your mail, do all kinds of stuff like that through uh, sending text messages, whatever, through Siri. So, yes, she's not perfect, but it's nice having that on my wrist and not have to carry my phone around all the time. And that's the other thing. Um, I have the version that has the SIM chip built in or SIM card, whatever it is, um, built in. So I can use this no matter where I am. So if I'm going to take, go for a walk with my guide dog, uh, or just going out, I don't have to carry my phone around every time. I can use it to get directions uh, with Siri and my watch. I can listen to my music through my AirPods. And again, I realize watch the, the phone is not the biggest device ever, but it's sometimes nice to just be hands-free, not have to carry that thing around um, and go and just, just have the watch on and leave the phone behind. So there you go. There's a couple other good things about having the Apple Watch, and uh, I thought I'd share. I hope you all have a great day and keep up the great work with the show. Bye now. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate your comments as always, and uh, we will be announcing soon some of the episodes that you'll be able to enjoy over Christmas New Year uh, through the festive period because we are on right through Christmas New Year. Did I tell you that, Sean? Did I mention that? No, this is... Oh, okay. Sorry, kids. Christmas is cancelled. Forget it. You'll be in the I've shed. I've got to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have some we big forgot- shows coming up, some exciting shows, actually. And, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that Greg Hayes will feature in that. Oh, mm. the Greg. Of course he will. Uh, we forgot to say as well, happy birthday, Stephen. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. That's, it was lovely. That's why I was away, you see. I was, we were away. We are having some time off. and. Kind of explains, it kind of explains Monday. No, I wasn't drunk. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not. You know who? No, no. Um, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, way dear, to end a dangerous. Yes, uh, but yeah, I was. Uh, we were away having a nice time, and that's kind of partly why we couldn't get anything done because I was away, so we couldn't couldn't get together oh, for the Monday. Yes. You see, selfish Stephen Scott there, exactly. enjoying his birthday. Um, uh, isn't it terrible just having everything you say um, recorded and preserved in time I know. by our radio show and podcast? <laughs> I know. The Apple Watch is uh, amazing, Stephen Scott. Explain. <sighs> yeah. What I know. went wrong? No, well, I think, honestly, I think it's more to do with the OS than the watch itself. I don't think the watch has got anything wrong with it. I mean, the Ultra, the Ultra Watch in itself is a fantastic watch. The action button does add a lot of functionality to it in the same way it mm-hmm. does with the phone. Uh, it does have a better speaker, it, or the dual speakers, or stereo speakers on it. It also has better microphones. It's got three in there as opposed to the two on the other watch. So, you know, it certainly you can hear, and certainly you can hear it much more clearly. It's got all the right things. I just think the OS, I think I figured out one of the issues, and I'm hoping, hoping it's customizable. With notifications, when the watch is active, it kind of does that thing that it does on the phone where the notification comes in at the top of the screen. And it's not... Oh. Doesn't they always seem to be blank? There's never anything in them, and this is the problem. So you get a notification, and you can swipe around to your blue in the face. And I've realised now that I think it's because the notification is like an overlay at the top of the screen, 
And you, so, okay, you'd have to grab focus by touching that, but there's nothing that seems to be on it once you do. So I don't know what is going on. But if I could just get notifications to come back like the old days, where it just basically brought the notification up, covered the whole screen, yes. that would work. So maybe it's a setting. I hope it maybe. is. Maybe. Yeah, I think maybe. my notifications are coming through full screen. Recently, I've noticed that anyway. Yeah, but I you're on a mess- Series 1, aren't you? How dare you? I actually don't know what I'm on. Series 7 or 8? So, so oh, you no, should, yeah, it should be. Firstly, yeah. so, uh, yeah, but no, I agree. There are some issues with the latest, what are we on now? Watch OS 10.1.1, I think is the latest one. And, um, yeah, there are some issues there. There seems to be a bit of a lag from waking up your yes. Apple Watch and getting the actual time. The taptic, sorry, haptic time seems a little bit inconsistent. So, yeah, I would totally agree there are some issues there. But for me, I think Greg brought up a great point. The, the cellular option of having the eSIM enabled Apple Watch where you don't need to have your phone with you. I think that's a great option. I haven't gone that far yet because there is an additional monthly cost mm. with that, obviously. Yeah. But um <clears throat> excuse me. But I think that's a a, a a real I think breaking free from, you know, if you accidentally leave your phone at home or whatever, having the Apple Watch there would solve any issue really. So I think that is a great option. Andy wants to chime in with his thoughts on the Apple Watch and potential fixes. Hi. I too was having the problem with my Apple Watch taking up to 15 seconds to wake up when I tapped the screen. It took months, but I eventually fixed the problem, and I think you might be able to use the same fix. Sean said he'd turned off all the wake settings, and I'd done the same thing. That was actually the problem. If you go to settings, display and brightness, and toggle wake on wrist rays back on, hopefully it will resolve the issue. It did for me anyway. I think the screen isn't being polled very often for touch inputs and they are relying on the gyro and accelerometer to know when you want to wake your watch. Turning off wake on wrist rays disables the watch's ability to know when it should be expecting touch inputs. I keep everything else off, including wake on crown up and the voiceover specific settings like speak on wrist rays, but having that one setting toggle back on resolved a lot of my problems with Apple Watch. Fingers crossed it helps you too. Sadly, I haven't found such an easy fix for the toxic wasteland that is Apple's accessibility in general, but I'll keep hoping for miracles and who knows, maybe one day my wish will come true that I can use Safari without wanting to smash my head off a brick wall. Lol, 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 lol. Take care and happy Christmas to Stephen, Sean and Laura. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Toxic can I just... wasteland. <laughs> I'm, I'm glossing over wow, that. Wow, that is... Uh, I, think, I think we've lost our contact to Apple. All of a sudden, that's gone. Sorry. Well, Make I, yourself I think, clear I, I, I've there, just got Andy. an email here. Send all devices back. Okay, fine. <sighs> right. Let me just say this first off. Laura, you are a superstar because I've just recorded a new Shaun of the Shed on the Apple Watch... And I specifically actually mentioned this, Andy, um, because I've just turned this on and I think it does solve the problem. Mm. But I had to stop and re-record the phrase, raise on wrist, no, wake on wrist raise about a thousand times. Thank you. It's a tongue twister, Laura. I don't know how you do it. Um, Yeah, I think you're right that that is an issue. I've turned everything off initially because you don't want your your apple watch speaking every 10 seconds no. right by accident so i turned it off and also um go to sleep when i lower my wrist i had that turned off as well because sometimes i'm listening to a message and as soon as i lower my wrist it just shuts up so um yeah i would uh, i would say you're right andy i haven't tested it to that extreme but i've only recently turned it on and it does seem a lot quicker and on your point about safari 
Um, so iOS, uh, what are we on? 17.2, I think, is the latest iOS update. Yep. There's a new update for Sonoma as well. And apparently, apparently, the Sonoma update has fixed the vo- or Safari not responding issue. The long-standing long nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's been... Well, I'm interested. What, you haven't tried this out yet. I well, mean... Uh, no, because... <laughs> so, Monday of this week, <laughs> I've had a week, uh, because we have had so many issues with recording. We've been trying to do things. I don't know what's been going on, but it seems as if there's been some kind of bug in the system. And the problem is, every time I set up a, a Mac, which is not that often, but when I've been moving to a, a Mac... It's, it's when you find one on the floor, it's that's like, right, oh, yeah, I forgot one I had that one. Let's connect it up and make it do something. Uh, what I do is I migrate my settings. So I've got all my settings. I can just move them across to the other machine. All the applications, everything just works. I think whatever bug has been in my system has been going with it. So no matter what I do, it's always there. And we were having issues with recording. It doesn't. It seems to have gone now. But I'm now back to macOS Ventura on my Mac, oh. and I'm a little bit concerned that if I upgrade to Sonoma, the problem comes back. Hopefully not. But I'm going to have to make the upgrade at some point, I guess. So. I'm just going to have to do it and hope for the best. Why will you? I saw some uh, interesting posts on social media recently about uh, I'm going back to Windows XP and I love it. I mean, why do you need to be running the latest update, Stephen Scott? Why? Did you see that story? It was in our Double Tap News last weekend and it was Windows 10 or Microsoft are are going to start charging people if you want to stay on Windows 10. You'll have to pay a subscription fee to remain on Windows 10. Now, this was a corporate thing for a long time, but they're bringing this out for uh, regular users as well, partly because they still need to build updates for it. So they're charging you for that uh, joy. And now I've seen different aspects to this. I believe this is for support. If you want support from Microsoft, you are going to, as was the enterprise, right? Mm. If there's some businesses, huge organizations that are still running Windows, I don't know, Vista, for example, obviously the support for that has died. But if they... So should Windows Vista. Well, okay, Oh, come yes. on. That was, that was as bad but as 8. I, I hope, yeah, well, 8 was... Yeah, okay. Oh, Let's not go into yeah. this conversation. But uh, Enterprise may want to keep running that for whatever reason, bespoke uh, software or whatever it is, so they can pay to have support. I think that's going to be the case. Maybe if even they are expanded it to home users or consumers, then... I think it's just going to be a subscription to get support. I can't see them just because you're using it. And no, that can't be right. Surely. I hope not anyway. Uh, well, it's not so much. Well, I guess it is to do with using, but it's it's also to do with the fact that they, they have to keep the updates coming, I guess, or some kind of no, updates. No, they don't. Why would they? Then uh, well, the update be would be Windows. Yeah, well, they're, that's their responsibility. Which, which they're doing for enterprise pay? customers. Yeah, but why would you need to pay? I mean, it's their responsibility no, I agree. to keep it I, I think it's ridiculous, but I'm just, I'm just saying that's what they're planning uh, to do. It. I do not believe it, as someone said on TV over here. Well done. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> of, of very obscure very ancient obscure. reference to a show. <laughs> I don't believe wow. it. There, I've done it. Okay, uh, let's move on to Eleanor, who wants to pick up on our Gift Guy specials. Hi, guys. It's Eleanor. With all the talk about gifts, I thought I'd tell you about a fantastic Christmas present I got two years ago from my niece. It's a large wine glass with a personalised message engraved on it Mm -hmm. in Braille. 
It says, A-L-E-X-A, pour me some wine. <laughs> it only comes out on very special occasions as I'm terrified of breaking it. Aww. My nephew has the Echo Flex and loves it. If I needed an Echo in the kitchen, that's what I'd probably go for. But my living room lady A always responds when I call to her from the kitchen. Mm, lady yep. A is the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> Have a great Christmas, guys, and keep up the good work. Bye. Oh, thank you, Elena, and to you too. Uh, wow, yeah, the Echo Flex. You were talking about it the other day, the uh, Echo Flex. Yeah. Last week you were talking about that. It's been sat in my drawer for years, and um, I just set it up for some reason to play Night Manager. I set it up, and it's so incredibly responsive. Uh, like, we're talking milliseconds after I've stopped talking, it's responding. And that's it's only the Echo Flex that this happens with. All my other ones, I mean, I'm not saying it takes a long time to respond, but, you know, two or three seconds, and then it will respond to me. All the other ones, my dots, my studios. But the Flex is instant. And it's all running off the same internet network, so I have no idea of why it's different. But, um, yeah, I do like it. I mean, the speaker isn't much cop, let's be honest. No, You're not going to be listening to music on it. Um, but it is, it's is—it's a great little device. Uh, Narina's got in touch and emailed in to help you, Sean, with a problem you were uh, talking about last week. Dear Stephen oh. and Sean, I hope you're both well, and I am still enjoying your tech show. I Honest. found the podcast on Fern, who does the audio <laughs> description on programmes, very interesting. I did recognise her voice from in touch. It is a great pity that the IDC that she works for does not do audio description for Christmas films. There is a channel, number 52, on Freeview that does Christmas films, and of course you can get an occasional one on Channel 5, but no audio description. I would love to watch that type of film, especially at this time of year, but what is the point if you cannot follow it, especially if it has a silent ending? Maybe Fern could have a word with IDC? On a separate note, Sean, I do believe that you said you had no smoke alarm, or was it that you do not have a link type, whatever that is? Did you know that your local fire service would install one for free, especially if you have a disability? All you have to do is make a call and speak to someone in fire safety and go from there. So ring up Manchester Fire Service. I have one installed by Gloucestershire, and if I have a problem with it, I just ring up and they send someone out. Just think, Sean, it will not cost you a penny. <gasps> Take care and have a great oh. Christmas to you both and all the listeners. Best wishes, Narina. Thank you, Narina. I think you just made Sean's Christmas. Oh, I am so happy. To be fair, once uh, once things did still happen. (laughs) Here's a fireman coming round, Sarah. Or Um, or women. Sexist. uh, Sexist. Sorry, sorry. A fire person. There you go. The fire putting out people. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, I may or may not, I'm not saying for legal reasons, have a smoke alarm. I don't want to be arrested. But I have actually organised the fire service to come round and fit them for free, as you rightly say. Oh, wow. Have you? Three times and it's never happened. Oh, what? All right. That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe maybe things are on fire when they're due to come around. But they've got more important things to do, right? So I'm not going to. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to complain about it, but I have gone down that avenue and um, it hasn't happened for me yet. (sighs) That's pretty depressing. Uh, Okay. um, No, it is my personal responsibility to, you know, actually buy one, which I could get one delivered tomorrow from uh, online shopping and they're not particularly expensive. So I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just a lazy idiot. I am available 
to uh, do the DIY required to get it, you know, fitted onto your roof. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Give me some screws, screws and a hammer, and I honestly, it'll be up there in no time. Uh, do you keep plaster in the house? That's the only question I have. Well, it'll all be on the floor and none on the walls. Um, Let's just vacuum yeah. it up and stick it back up again. It'll be fine. <laughs> yes, no, it is important. Make sure you do it. I, I, I'm just stupid. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Thank you for that, Narina. Good advice, though. Uh, Okay, so Tom got in touch. Hello, Stephen and Sean. I've been listening to your show for just a few weeks, and it is great. You have talked about living with blindness, and I am 75 years old and have been dealing with losing my vision for the last 37 years because of RP. About 10 years ago, I went total, and it was actually a relief after spending decades struggling with vision that was slowly getting worse and not knowing what the end was going to be. And all along the way, doctors were saying that I probably wouldn't go total. Another thing that has been talked about is, as blind persons, to speak up. I am naturally a very shy and introverted person, but for me, when opportunities come along, you can do something. A few years ago, our church was having a game night and they were playing Bunko. And I never play games, but someone asked me if I wanted to play. And I thought to myself, this is a good opportunity to interact with about 50 people in a few hours. So, in doing things like this, it helps to crumble down the walls that can be between the blind and the sighted. I will say one more thing. I am a lifelong woodworker, and in the first half of my life, I worked in construction, building houses, and even though I had to give up that career, I never stopped doing woodworking, and I still do it today. And you know, old woodworkers don't die. They just plane away. Thank you so much for what you are doing. (laughs) Blessings, Tom from Oregon. Oh, thank you, Tom. Lovely to hear from you. Glad you're with us. And, um... Yeah, it's funny. You're not the only one I've heard that from. I hear this a lot from people who've lost all their vision. Not all the time, admittedly. It's not a universal thought. I admit no. that. But there are occasions where I've heard people say, and I think if I'm honest, I hear it from people who are able to say it. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who probably wouldn't even come out with saying, no, I lost all my vision. It was terrible. They, they maybe just aren't in a place to even say that. So that's why you don't hear that maybe as much. Um it's almost awkward to say, though, isn't it? I'm it's it's, happy, it's I'm not universal. Now thought. I've lost my sight, but I get it. I, I kind of do get it for some people because I think sometimes it takes. I mean, I don't know, but I just imagine it takes away a lot of that strain and stress that I feel. Absolutely, but I does. don't. I don't necessarily want to then go and pour acid in my eyes to find out the result, you know, because it's like, well, there'd be no point in doing that. Um, but I think it's it's a case of for some people who do lose their vision, who, where it goes completely, that sense of frustration, maybe it morphs into something else. I don't know. But but some people, it seems to almost alleviate that. It takes that stress away, which I get. A lot of people must think, well, how is that even possible? <laughs> yes. But I, I think when you live on the edge of it, when it's like the car kind of hanging off the cliff, and you kind of think, oh, could the car just please, could a dog or something just jump on the, the bonnet and just... <laughs> tip it over you know that would be great obviously the dog hopefully can jump to safety beforehand uh we'll move that on uh okay so um (laughs) final comment from scout who uh got in touch hi guys i really applaud and appreciate all that negative julian had to say he is a wise man thank Mm. you julian from a younger rp person Stephen and sean you guys do a lot for the shows you do thank you you give all of us a platform to discuss the range of things that bother us as low vision or blind so is there anything we as a community can do for either of you? Wow. Um, oh. 
There's an open-ended question. Well, I think Sean could do with some smoke alarms getting fitted yes. if he could help out with that. Uh, no, listen, we don't do it for we don't do it for that. We do it for you guys, and we do it for honestly for ourselves as well. We and get us, as much out absolutely. of it as, as you get, I'm sure, because these conversations are, you know, helpful to me personally. Um, yes. And to you, right? I mean, it's it's just it saves on therapy costs. Exactly, we're saving a fortune here. No, and look, apart from that, and it you know it does talking is good, and you know what, we have fun doing this as well. So it, it, it's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with even more. Uh, so uh, do keep in touch. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Uh, you can also get in touch one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Catch you tomorrow, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.